0: Welcome to MFL Teachers Talk, a podcast for language teachers in Ireland wanting to find and share effective ideas for practical application in their classroom. My name is Salvo Cacciato and I am an education officer with Post-Primary Languages Ireland. Welcome to this episode and I'm happy to be joined by Colette and uh, Cora and uh, for this episode, we will be talking about uh, exchanges, all different types and the opportunities for, for students, but also from the teacher's perspective. So, first of all, thank you very much, Colette and Cora, for having accepted to take part. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about your experience with the uh, exchanges. So let me ask you to introduce yourselves first. So, Colette, do you want to start?
1: Hello, everybody. Um, My name is Colette Clark and I'm teaching in Lucan Community College. I've been teaching there for a number of years now. I won't go into the number. And I absolutely love teaching German and I do teach French as well, but I've been teaching German for the last number of years on a full-time basis. And I love travel and I think it's a great opportunity today to be able to talk about exchanges.
0: Thank you. And Cora? Cora?
1: Hi,
2: my name is Cora MacDonald. I'm in St. Oliver's Community College in Drogheda and we're a very large school and I lived in Spain for about 18 years and I've been teaching in the school a long time now and Yeah, delighted to be here with Colette Salvo to talk about exchanges.
0: Great. Thank you, Cora. And uh, it's really great to to have you both here. So uh, let's get started. When we think about exchanges, we immediately imagine students visiting their peers in the countries where they live. But are there different types of exchanges available? Do you want to start, Colette?
1: Yeah, when I think of the word exchange, I would think of virtual exchanges because I suppose we have had the experience of that in the last couple of years and private exchanges, students and teachers, in fact, as well, arranging their own exchanges themselves. And we've also
2: done the physical exchanges. And like Colette, we've done a type of virtual exchange where we were swapping videos and doing little competitions as well. So they're we found other ways, especially during COVID, to
1: to bring a new meaning to the word exchange.
0: Great. And any other types Do you do? Uh, have you done uh, teacher exchanges as well?
1: Absolutely. I did a teacher exchange there when I started teaching a number of years ago and a fantastic experience just from the point of view of practicing the language and coming back, feeling more fluent at the particular language itself. But again, the social entity, the culture, learning about the country and being able to bring all that was learned in Germany where I did the exchange, bringing those experiences back to the classroom. And uh, it was fantastic. I was over in Gymnasium Munchberg and I did an exchange with Rosie Boone. And this school was the school that actually I did the exchange with that we actually hosted their school on a yearly basis. So it was a great opportunity then. Not only did the students get the opportunity to get involved in exchanges, but the two of the teachers, Rosie and myself, Got the opportunity so it was wonderful.
0: That does sound uh, beautiful and uh, so the list is obviously varied and I suppose each will have its own merits and uh, but maybe one type can also work as preparation towards another another kind. What are the benefits that exchanges bring for students regardless let's say of, of what kind of exchange? Cora do you want to start?
2: Yeah absolutely well, first of all, I mean, students are putting their learning into practice. They're exposed to the authentic language. Quite often, the language that they pick up in the first few days of the exchanges are not taught in the classroom, but they'll know those those words. And then they're aware of the cultural differences. There's a natural curiosity to learn more about the country they're visiting. And then this um, prompts a natural form of communication with with their partner, with the family so that they can be understood. But also their personality comes out and the people who are chatty just can't keep it in and they're dying to talk and 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 communicate with everybody.
1: Yes, uh, that's right, Cora. And, you know, experience in life in the actual country that you're you're learning the language and speaking the languages is, is absolutely amazing. And um, of course, making new friends, developing social skills, And of course, being independent, not only independent learners, but becoming independent in yourself and fending for yourself and being able to make decisions without a parent, for example, or a member of the family guiding you along that you're standing on your own two feet and um, just becoming more mature. Mm. And I suppose what is fantastic is being ambassadors for their families and for their schools And then coming back full of joy and full of enthusiasm and wanting to express what they have learned and experienced. So a wonderful experience for all involved. And I suppose just in relation to when we have done our exchanges, when we would be over in Gymnasium Munchberg and at the farewell party, you know, we'd be tidying up and, and the parents would be saying, oh, my God, these Irish students are fantastic. We'd love to keep them. And then, of course, the same at the farewell party here in Ireland, when the German students would be going back, the Irish parents would be saying, Oh my God, we want to keep these students. They're absolutely marvellous. So on both sides, same experience is happening, but in each individual country. So marvellous.
2: Yeah. And Colette, we would have found that when they come back after being in the country, they're so, so more enthusiastic about learning. It takes on a whole new different meaning for them and it, it ignites a passion in them. Uh, they want to excel. And then, of course, from a school perspective, it really is good for the for the school profile in general and
1: the the activities that a school can offer students coming in. Absolutely. And I suppose the realisation that this is real life, you know, that you are going to another country and, you know, it's family, you're staying in the family and uh, you're seeing things. Oh, my God, that's the same, a little bit similar to home. But there are differences, but still similarities in relation to family life. But also, I suppose, coming out of comfort zones and, um, you know, maybe nervous about going out. But when coming back, feeling so proud that I have done this and, uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic.
0: So the benefits are obvious. And uh, are there any reservations, though, that teachers may legitimately have? Are there any challenges that they may face? Because it does sound like a bit of extra work from the teacher's perspective.
1: Look, let's face it, Salvo, anything that's worth doing does take a little bit of hard work, you know. So obviously there is hard work involved, but like everything in life, what you put into it, you get out of it. So, yes, there is a lot of preparation and attention to detail, making sure that everything, you know, is organized before you embark on this this wonderful opportunity. Also, you know, I suppose getting students on board, if you don't have your students to to participate in this, then you don't have an exchange or if you don't have your parents involved, you don't have an exchange. So I suppose it's getting the parental consent, getting the parents backing you up as well and the students wanting to get involved. And um, yeah, there are rules and regulations which have to be followed. And um, I suppose in the in most recent years, I suppose years ago, when we did begin our exchange 32 years ago, Garda Vetting wasn't a thing that was, you know, even mentioned. It was all goodwill and hospitality. It, there's still hospitality, don't get me wrong, but just I suppose legalities and you know, with guard of vetting does um, mean that we, we, we make sure that things run smoothly and that people are vetted, you know. Mm-hmm. And Colette, I'd add, add to that, you know, the financials around
2: organising the exchange. You have to work within your budget. You have to make your budget as accessible to as many people as possible. And then, you know, from the time you start your planning to the actual execution, a number of months pass and things go up and prices change. And, you know, you have to be flexible and imaginative and creative around all of these, these issues because, you
1: know, that's part of managing the project. Absolutely. And I suppose it's commitment on both sides, really, isn't it, Corey?
2: Totally. And we would have found that through our partners as well. We talk about, you know, the activities, what are we going to do? How are we going to spend our money? There's a lot of, you know, collaboration because it's only successful as
1: the commitment on both sides. It's not a solo run. Absolutely. And um, I suppose one of the main secrets as well would be matching the students. I know when we get our information from Germany, we get our students in Ireland, plus the students in Germany to fill in a particular form, you know, what their likes are, what they don't like, their family details, as much detail as possible. And I just say to them, please don't tell lies on this particular form, <laughs> you know, just fill it in from the heart, what you like. If you're interested in ballet, we'll match you up with someone who's interested in ballet. If you're interested in rock and roll, we'll do our best to match. So it, it's a lot of detail, what their food interests are, do they like cooking, whatever it is. So all of this is really, really important. And that's the secret. And it does take time. You don't just match these up in an hour. You match them up and you come back the next day. You look again, oh, I'm going to tweak that a little bit. It takes a week or so before you then decide, OK, these people go with this. And, and I have to say, I'm delighted that we do the matching in Ireland here for our exchange, which which works out really well. And of course, we we chat to Germany and we link in. And are you happy with that? And as I say, a two way process, two way communication. And it always works out well. And, um, yeah, the preparation is key. Yeah. That's one of the things that we would spend
2: a lot of time on is matching the students up. And, you know, they laugh at us when we want to know so much detail. But like somebody comes and says, I'm in the scouts. We actually find somebody on the other side who is in scouts. And, you know, you get to the end of the list and you have made all the, the matches. And, you know, you feel so delighted that you think that it's all going to work. And then you get to the last child and says they don't like dogs. And it's lying like, oh, no. So so then you have to go back and you're, you're sending a message to the parents. This happened to me last year. I sent a message to the parents and like, yeah, the student doesn't like dogs. Like, how big is your dog? And I got a picture of a dog that was about the size of a sofa. It was like a donkey. So like that didn't work. So then you're back to the drawing board and you do every one of them again and you're moving them around. But it's so worth it because really it's the bedrock
1: of your success. Absolutely. Totally agree.
0: And uh, you mentioned as well, in terms of budgeting, are there any funding opportunities, Cora, that uh, that are available to teachers?
2: Yes, well, we got the first round of funding from PPLI, which is the funding administered on behalf of the Department of Education. So that went a long way to supporting us for three years. And then the balance was um, funded by the parents. But um, I know,
1: Colette, you've used other sources of funding, haven't you? Yeah, when we initially started our exchange in 1991, oh my God, that sounds a long time ago, (laughs) but when we initially did start the exchange, we did. We went to local businesses and companies and we did a lot of fundraising to get it off the ground. And I suppose now, just as time has gone on, we've learned to keep it simple and cheap from the point of view of many things are free, you know. So when, when our students come over from Germany to visit us, we try and go to Hoth and go to beaches and go to places because where they come from, they don't have, you know, they're down in the south of Germany, so there's no beach there. So, you know, we kind of try and do stuff, I suppose, economic, economically as best we can and um the parents do pay for the exchange for the students, but a lot of them as well, because they know they're going a year or two in advance, they start saving. And some of them have part time jobs and they contribute there. And of course, the grannies throw a bit of money here and there as well. So look, it's very much, I suppose, at this stage, parents and students that that fund it. But again, we we make sure we try and keep the cost as low as we can. And of course, because they're staying in each other's families, there's no accommodation needed so it's it's um it's just the trips that we look at and trying to keep that price down. And of course, the flights.
2: Yeah, the flights are are <laughs> a massive amount of the funding. But some of the best things are free. And over the years, we ask the students what activities they like most. And more often than not, it's the the activity where they're hanging out or there's a game organized. So you don't have to be looking for the expensive admissions, you know, parks, theme parks, et cetera. You want everybody to be able to afford to go on it and you don't want cost to be something that would, you know, exclude some students from going. So you have to be
1: creative and imaginative. And you know what, Cora, it's time together. That's what they like. They like even kicking the ball, going out and having a, a football game with Germany against Ireland, for example. And it's the simple things they, they actually appreciate when you do, I suppose, a reflection on the whole trip and you ask, what do they like? It's time together. Yes. You know.
0: You're definitely giving us a lot of uh, ideas and, uh, and uh, great suggestions. So, OK, so you're convincing us that despite the reservations that we spoke about earlier, as teachers, we should really consider applying. But what if we, if we did, what are the first steps that one could take, uh, Cora?
2: Well, I would say the first thing you need to do is to find a good partner school, a school that is a good mix with your school. And the people that you will be working with in the other school are so important to your success. We have been so lucky to partner with a fantastic school in Alcalá de Henares. And we work with two teachers there. And we have since the start. We're always on the same wavelength. If there's any problems... We can pick up the phone and you don't feel bad explaining, you know, that some student has dropped out. So you have to go back and match up students again or, you know, you can't get admission to a certain place. You know, they're very supportive and we do the same when we go there. So definitely find a good partner school. We found our partner school through my own personal contacts. I know other schools have got them through language assistance or from, you know, from college years. Parents also are a good source of contacts. The Language Association, I know the Association of uh, Spanish Teachers advertises schools who are
1: looking for partners a lot, and the embassies, that's what... It's coming to the fore there for us. Yes, I have to say I agree with you there and um, you know personal friendships really go a long way by knowing someone it makes it much easier so if you know someone in another country that is interested they're teaching in a school and you're teaching in a school and linking up with them I think it's absolutely fantastic. I know there's e-twinning as well and then also, many local towns are linked in with towns in other countries from abroad, and tend to, you know, organise events with each country and organise trips for families and for for themselves as well, which is a fantastic opportunity.
0: Great. It it, it does sound like um, like an undertaking, and we said that uh, there is a good bit of work obviously to to organise. Is it fair to say that it is up to one person alone to do all the work, Colette?
1: No, you can't, you know, do this on your own. Um, Of course, you do need to have a strong person who's going to push it and, um, you know, coordinate the whole event. So you need someone to make sure things run smoothly. But you have to have a team behind you. Like everything else, you can't work in isolation and um because we're in a school i mean a school is a community and um it's a fantastic again opportunity for teachers to work together and parents as well to be involved you know planning across different subjects and i know when we do our exchange um for example when we host In September, we have our teachers all involved. We have the art teacher comes on board and she does a class for the students. We have our geography teacher, history teacher. They're telling about Ireland. We have the music. Oh, my God. Molly Malone has sang so many times and many other beautiful Irish tunes. And uh, the list goes on. The home economics teacher, I have to say it, it is fantastic. And then, of course, we have management who supports 100 percent, because if you don't have your management supporting this, then you, do, you you can't run it. So and again, I said the parents, um, you need them on board as well. So it's, it's a whole group of people working together. Yes, one person at the head, making sure that that everything runs smoothly. But you cannot do this in isolation. No. You're dead
2: right. You have to have somebody who is going to be the coordinator of it. But you also need a team behind you. You need somebody to help with organizing the flights and others with the documentation, another with the communication with parents. And then you have the different skill sets that you have in the school. As you say, you have your Irish teachers, your home economics, your teachers, your history teacher. And we also uh, rope in parents. We have had great support from the parents who have volunteers to teach Taekwondo this year. Another year it was Irish dancing, and it's a free event, which you greatly appreciate. It's the, the students, their their son or daughter, is delighted that their parents are involved, and it just creates good vibes, and it helps. Share the load around more people.
0: Have you had uh, something uh, similar, maybe other things that you can share, Colette?
1: Yeah, no, we would have had the same. We would have had a very much uh, parent involvement. An Irish traditional group would have come into the school and uh, performed for the students, but also then got them involved in playing instruments I know we would do the the Irish dancing night and we would have the parents involved and invited into that. So, again, a community that it's not just the students involved, but also the parents involved in what's going on. You would have also had um, the town hall,
2: both in Drogheda and in Spain, invited us in um, and they had a short reception for us, which was very, very uh, appreciated. And then we would have had been invited by the TDs to the doll. So you do you do pull in a lot of local contacts and help. And everybody is really
1: enthusiastic about getting involved, which is really, really nice. And I know when we're over in Gymnasium Munchberg, the Burgermeister, the Lord Mayor, like every time we're over there, there'd always be a day put in the programme where we would visit the town hall and there'd be reception and uh, goodies given to the students, some speeches. Of course, you'd have to have your little speech prepared and you're welcomed. And then there's an article put in the paper and God, you feel like a superstar. So it is. It's fantastic.
0: I'm just going to pick up on a word that uh, uh, Cora said earlier. You mentioned that ignites something, that it it ignites the passion in the students. But it sounds by the way you're describing it, that it ignites something, some sense of pride, maybe in, in your identity, in your culture. It sounds like it's like almost like a spark.
2: It is totally salvo. And in the feedback that we recently got from one of the parents, the mother said that it was a huge insight for her to actually see how her son organized the stay for his guest when he came back to Drogheda and how he took responsibility for ensuring that he had a good time and he was attentive to him. And took pride in what he would see and in his country. And I thought, you know, that is another kind of hidden benefit to the exchanges that you really wouldn't see at first glance. But that, um, you know, that you're coming to my country, my home. I'm going to look after you. I think that was really, really lovely to see.
0: Colette, do you have any anecdote as well? Like, um, the one that Cora just shared?
1: Well, I just just feel this whole experience, the exchange experience is fantastic for everybody involved. I think that um, you have lifelong friends. I have friends that I have made from being involved in the exchange over the years that would even come on private visits over here. And as I say, we would host every year just to allow even some of the young teachers to get an opportunity to go over because we'd have the space. And I know that um, my husband would say, so who's coming to stay with us this year in September? So it's part of the program in the school, but it's also part of our lives. It's become part of of everything that we do. And it's a wonderful experience and something that that I hope that we will continue. We're doing it for 32 years. So I suppose the fact that we're doing it for so long means that there's something right about it. But yes, I will say that at times there have been ups and downs and we have been always been honest. And for us, between the two schools, communication is the key. You have to be able to be honest and open with each other. And yes, there have been times when there might have been a little hiccup along the way, maybe someone not matched right, but generally that works out. But once, twice in the whole 32 years, we had to change students to another partner. But as I say, that was all communication and making sure everything runs smooth, because if you don't have that and you can't be honest, then you don't really have anything at all there. So that's the key
0: great so it does sound like uh, the positive effects go and survive even the, the the actual duration of the exchange and they they go long after they survive long after the the exchange itself both for students and for the teachers as well who were who were involved i want to thank you so much for uh, being uh, uh, with me for this uh, episode cora and uh, collect thank you very much for your insights for your for your openness for your for your honesty we have certainly lear- learned a lot today and I am uh, looking forward already to the next uh, episode. So thank you again, and uh,
1: thank you Salvo, thank you Salvo, and thanks Cora, thanks Salvo, thanks Colette, and the best of luck to anybody considering an exchange. Absolutely, it's worthwhile. Yes, it's hard work, but it's worth it. Absolutely worth it.
0: Go for it. <laughs> thank you. And with the message, <laughs> and with the message comes our uh, goodbye. Cheers. Ciao. Adios. And that's it for now. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so that more language teachers can find us. And don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to contribute, feel free to send us an email to support at ppli.ie with your ideas and suggestions for future topics. For more information and access to all the episodes, go to our website at ppli.ie and you'll find the podcast page in the Teaching and Learning section.